0: This episode is brought to you by Crater Lake Taxi. Competent drivers, clean vehicles, on time, anytime. Crater Lake Taxi, 541 333 3333.
1: I am Citizen 44.
0: Please listen carefully. Hey everybody, Mark Aaronsberg is here with you, and welcome to Citizen 44. It's a beautiful Sunday here in Ashland, Oregon. It's about 85 degrees outside. Shakespeare is in full swing, babies. People everywhere eating, drinking, buying shit, doing shit. It's great. Taxi business is kind of flying high right now. Joe, a couple days ago, left the country. He is visiting his family with his wife in Romania and other such places. Joe is from Transylvania. Not too many people know that. He kind of likes to keep it hidden, but ah, the Transylvanian cat is out of the motherfucking bag, yo. Anyway, he'll be gone three weeks, and I've kind of taken the reins of running his company. Rest assured, Joe, all is good. Not that a monkey can do this, but you know... A monkey like us can do this. So I'm dispatching Ye and Devin. And so far, you know, there's been some things. But, you know, that's the taxi business. People cancel. People don't show up. It's all good. You can't take it seriously. And uh, you just keep going and picking people up and dropping them off. And uh, I ended up taking somebody to the airport at 5.15 this morning. It is now 2.37. Uh, I did get up at around 10 and then went right back to sleep, and then I got back up again around 12.30. Yesterday, my friend David Mann rolled back into town for a visit. I have not yet spoken to him or seen him since he arrived, but I look forward to spending some time with him. He is a huge lover of Ashland and is chomping at the motherfucking bit to get here and stay here. But he, like others, like Doug and Suzanne and Suzanne's son, have to wait for the children to finish their education. Well, at least their high school education. So, I think David's preliminary plan is to get here in about three years. He's been looking for a house and had some limited success. There's some property on the market. There's some There's some things. There's some products. But, you know, you got to find the right thing. It's a big investment. Anyway, let's catch you up on Boo. Holy cow, man. You know what? This is kind of a cliché but it's appropriate. If you love something, let it go. If it does come back, it is yours. If it doesn't come back, it was never yours to begin with. You know what a yoni is? You know, yoni is like uh, some kind of uh, word for vagina. Yoni. I like it. It's not said that often, and I don't hear it very often, but I like yoni. So, anywho, speaking of yonis, Boo and I are solid like a rock, man. We got over that hump as I'd hoped we would, and we did. So every day is a beautiful day with Boo 11,000 miles away, and we both are looking forward to seeing each other hopefully in December. Y'all got to help me manifest this trip. I got to go. I mean, I'd like Sam to go too, and hopefully he can uh, stop pissing his mom off enough for her to want to reengage with buying his ticket for him. She did tell me a couple days ago when I asked her to figure out when we can huddle up and get his passport, she mentioned that she was becoming less inclined to purchase his ticket for him based on her not being happy with his behavior. So I'm going to let Sam know that. I have not yet let him know, but if I got to take the full burden on the tickets, I mean, I'll do it. Of course, if I have the money, it's not even an issue, but it is the difference of about $1,500 peak travel season in Thailand. Needless to say, I feel confident that, you know, I get all the shit I want. And I really do. And that used to really irk Val when we were married, is I get everything I want. And I still do get everything I want. And there's things that I think that I want that I don't get that I know that I probably really don't want. For instance, Sam and I took a little drive to uh, get some lunch over at Vim in uh, Medford, my favorite Thai restaurant, seeing Louie and having some good eats. And then we went to Guitar Center. Yep, Guitar Center right there on Crater Lake. Is it Crater Lake Boulevard Avenue Highway? Something off the uh, 30 whatever on the uh, I-5 in Medford. Anyway, Sam and I went to Guitar Center just, you know, to peek, check it out, see what they got, see what's happening, smell new stuff. And get, you know, jazzed about music and playing music. And I think Sam was a little perplexed at why, but, you know, I just roll, man. I'm inspired. I I take the download and I go with it. And more often than not, it's pretty much always uh, a good thing happens. Anyway, he and I went in and checked out some electronic kits, and you'll get a little piece of that. On today's show, Mr. Andy Baxter from Baxter Fitness. I love this cat. Super smart, super fit, wants to make us all healthy and reasonably functional. Professional athlete, funny cat, known him like evidently 13 years now, but just kind of re-engaged with him through his book that he handed through his car window when I was on a super long walk a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that was the day I went out and did not have my camera and couldn't believe how many shots were presenting themselves. Amazing shots. Oh, yeah, and the dude on the bicycle who rode by and said, there are bumps in the road. Yeah, that was that day. Anyway, I saw Andy down at the bottom of East Main, where it connects up with... Ashland Street, or actually it's Route 66, and there he was at the stop sign, and bam, I said hello, and it was a beautiful little reintroduction, and he handed me his book, The Exercise Prescription, a quick read, awesome book, I highly recommend, and we have Andy here today, and he's going to talk about that, and something new, something new, something new, something new, something new. My mom is going to be on the show via a phone call with Andy. So they can talk about her health and fitness, and he can talk to her about what he knows, and gauge by what she says about what she's doing, what she should be doing, and all that. So there's that. That's new. Mom's in the house with me and Andy. Mom. I love that lady. She's so cool. Let me tell you something. The greatest thing my mother ever did for me was what her mother did not do for her. You talk about Seinfeld the opposite. My grandmother was pretty afraid of, oh, everything. Didn't let my mom go swimming, ride horses, do fun shit, because she was worried that my mom would get hurt. Well, you know, no risk, no reward. Needless to say, my mother never stopped me from doing anything. And thus, I'm afraid of pretty much nothing, I have healthy, reasonable fears, but I do not have unjustifiable, unreasonable fears around anything, including, and not limited to, death. Speaking of death, again, last week, I left death as the final note in a conversation between Boo and I, while at the Safeway, dropping off my customer, Josh, who lives at the top of Morton. So... We got in this thing, and and she hung up, and she was very upset. And normally, the emotionally somewhat immature, from a perspective of romantic relationships, Mark, fuck up in that way, decided also to do the opposite. To love her more, and not cave to my own one-sided, self-righteous, being right, opinionated, end up by myself, Mark guy. So I called her up and uh, we have this running thing still. I say, are you mad at me? And she says, yes. And I say, do you love me? And she says, no. And I say, do you like me? And she says, no. So this is our running gag. And we've been doing it since the day that we reconnected. And it's so great to have her. And as I said, I feel this is maybe our final hump. I mean, it's not the end of potential conflicts, but I'm hoping it's the last big one and that we can proceed. And so my goal is to get to her in December. I need to raise that money, man. I mean, I'm pretty confident and resourceful. And again, I get what I want and I want to be with her. And I want my son, Sam, to come with me. I want him to have the Thailand experience. I want us to do this together. I want the three of us to travel the countryside. I want to go to beautiful beaches with Sam and with Boo. I want to do things kind of like a little family, if you will, because that'll be my, you know, thing over there with those people. There you go, Boo and I are tight. She does forgive me, she does love me, and she does like me. Like my mother used to say, Mark, I love you, but I don't like you right now. She's still reminding me of what a dick I was. Because she's unconditional, man. And I am now unconditional. No conditions. I mean, unless she'd have to do something unimaginable. You know, grow a Hitler mustache and wipe out my family. I think that would probably put a little crimp in our relationship. But other than that, we're solid, man. I feel really good. I could tell she feels really good. She's looking so good. She's so fucking cute. Oh, my God. And she's so funny, yo. She's so funny. She's the funniest girl I know. I mean, of all the girls I know, going backwards and probably going forward. So there you go. That's a Thailand update. Boo and I are tight. Everything is right. We're not going to fight. I got good sight. That's what's up. I see clearly now what I was, where I was, and where I am right now, which is in a much better place than where I was when I was without her, which I don't need to be. It's up to me. Can't you see? That's what we be. Andy Baxter's on the show. I'm stoked. My mom is here with me and Andy. Wow, mom, that's so fucking cool. All is well, man, all is well. I couldn't be any happier and I certainly couldn't be any more fortunate. This is Mark Aaronsberg, Citizen 44. Let's get on with the show. So what were you saying about memories
2: well just that they can easily just be manifested in your head you can easily just be living a sort of lie that you've created yourself
0: which i find interesting so what you're saying is that our past a lot of it is manufactured by us and that we're living under the auspice that this is us and that we potentially could be suffering from these things that we've made up in our heads that really have nothing to do with us yeah
2: But also, memories can affect you positively, I guess. So, what was that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Total Recall? Yeah. Where they would go on, like, the mind vacations. That's right. So I guess that would be a cool thing
0: where you could... Take a vacation from your life? Yeah. And have implanted memories? Yeah. Well, that's interesting because this is part of my reasoning that you may not quite understand yet, but for psychotropic therapy... That's exactly what I'm talking about, is a disruptor. Psychotropic therapy also includes unearthing some psychic experiences that are unimaginable. You can't really identify with what I'm talking about because you've never had a psychotropic experience. That's been chemically induced. Yeah. But it does take you completely out of the realm of this reality as we see it which is kind of what we need when we get too far into either historical reference, which also, that's all history is, is memories, right? Recorded? How do we know they're accurate? How do we know what you're learning in school about history is accurate if it's just somebody's memory that's being recorded?
2: Well, I mean, a lot of it's books and stuff that were written at
0: the time. But some of that information is passed down. And some of it's lost as well. Okay, so accuracy is a problem, and that's the same thing you're talking about, is if you manufacture your memories and or alter the truth of your memories, it is creating unnecessary and avoidable pain and suffering meshed in with these manufactured memories that we have, and we end up punishing ourselves for it. Yeah. And others. So I think that really is part of the human condition that needs to be examined further. And maybe one of the most important scientific discoveries of our time about us is delving into that area. That's really important stuff, Sam. Yeah. I mean, like maybe some of the literally most important things in correcting some of our current path is taking care of that. But again, if we don't give a shit about each other, we're not gonna do this kind of work. And doing this kind of work is actually evidence that we do give a shit about each other and are gonna try and find ways to get beyond it, which is evolution. And I do think psychotropic therapy will be a way, a medicine, a vehicle for getting people out of being stuck in their memories. I do think that these memories of how shitty we've been to each other keeps us in the wheel of being shitty to each other. We're not getting beyond it. If you eliminate history, then you only have now and going forward. But we're stuck in a loop, a historical informational loop that I think debilitates us from moving forward. And again, the reasons we all must die is to move forward into more hypersensitive conscious thinking. You're talking about big stuff. Yeah. These are the kind of conversations I would like for you and yours to be having in school. So it's teaching people how to think rather than what to think. Well, well, of course, you know that's the ticket to the success of a human being. Yeah. So in order to teach you how to think, you have to be allowed to think about things like you just brought up. That is critical thinking. It's right there, Sam. You just have to allow... The individuals in a group to access and start thinking about the things you just thought about. That's critical thinking. This is actually the fundamental basis for starting a dialectic conversation. It is merely presenting an environment where critical thinking can happen. Have you been practicing the drums? Yes. Good. Have you had a lesson?
2: Uh, I was. Would- Painting with bleach and I got messed oh, up. Oh, that was, yeah, excuse
0: yeah. for last week. What about this week? I didn't have a lesson. No, go, I know. So. You have one Tuesday. Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. Well, I'm hoping you go. All right. All right, we're going in Guitar Center. All right. That's where stuff with music happens. Things with music. What's, going on? What's that?
2: Why are we going in Guitar Center?
0: Because music stuff happens here. That's why. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We're just going in. Okay knows what'll happen. Hey, man. How's it going? Good, brother. How you doing? Yeah, Excellent. All right, so we're in Guitar Center. Mmm. It smells like new things.
2: Like guitars.
0: Well, they have more than guitars. They have drum stuff. Oh, that's a nice kit. See, this is what I would like to have in the apartment. Do I even have room for anything like this? They make smaller ones. That's like four grand. We're looking at digital kits because I would love to play drums every single day. A digital kit would be really
2: cool.
0: A digital kit would be incredible. If we kept it at my house, you would have to come there to play it. And then I could play it all the time. Let's see. Ah, here we go. That's it. $1,600. This one's on sale. Which one? The Yamaha, 500
2: bucks.
0: No way. Yeah, look. All right, let's let's play it. Let's see if we can get someone to help us. I'm sure we can. There must be somebody in here who has time to do something. Good, man, How you doing? Good. Can we check out your one of your digital kits here? Mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay. Cajon. You've never played on a digital kit, no, right? Digital, no. Yeah. I'm gonna on practice pads. This is a pretty decent looking one.
2: Yeah.
0: It's got two cymbals, hi yeah. hat. Yeah. Three toms, snare, bass. How's it going, guys? Good man, how you doing? Good. Of these two, yes. Which sounds better?
2: The Roland probably sounds. Yeah, the Roland sounds better.
0: Okay, sit down at the Roland, dude. Okay. I'm sitting
2: down. That being said, the Roland is um, kind of in a different design range. It's what does that more, mean? They designed it with mobility in mind. It's designed to be able to fit in the trunk of a car and be taken, you
0: know, quickly taken apart and yeah. moved around. Okay. Whereas this
2: is more of like a basic starter home kit. Um, okay.
0: So so it's hooked up to the Sam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Play, dude. So Sam's on a Roland TD4KPV Port Electric Drum Set. Is that the right one, or is this the demo? This so is.
2: the demo is on sale for five fifty nine.
0: Okay. And this one's on sale for four ninety nine. Yes. So, you are saying that this one sounds better yes. but is mobile, but this one's more of a stationary kind of starter kit.
2: They're both starter kits in their respective there are. categories. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. But I would just say in general, I prefer the Roland sounds to what Yamaha has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the cool thing about this one is it actually does have the professional-grade sounds in it. They just took it and selected ten of the best ones. Oh, oh. So they're actually fairly comparable, I would say. I just personally, it's an opinion thing at this point, they're so close. I would say I just kind of prefer the Roland sounds.
0: Okay. by the way, on the drums. They sound okay. So, you don't need an amp. You just need some good headphones. Well here, change the kit. Yeah, Try I, it.
2: I change it around to the back. Oh, there's the
0: power kit. Hey man. How's it going? Good, how you doing? Right? Yeah. Short tail. Hall. Studio. So the idea is you got to keep your foot off of this to get like an open sound. Yeah. This would cut into our... Uh, Thailand? Yeah. Well, uh,
2: we're saving until December possibly, or even later possibly, right? So if we were to buy it now, that would basically
0: mean... We were saving for June initially. So. Have more time to save. Where could I even put this in the apartment?
2: <laughs> Do they have electronic on there? Uh, techno. Drum and bass, what's that mean?
0: think about it while we're at the movies. Okay. It's not like, you know, it's going to fly out of here. All right, that was fun. Are those for you or for him? Yes, that is correct. (laughs) I want to play them now all the time. No, there you go. Yeah, but he will be the benefactor of that because he actually is taking drum lessons, not from me. It would force him to come to my house to play. There you go. Because if they sit in his house, I guarantee they'll be broken, <laughs> shitty, not working in a week. <laughs> what would they break? I don't know. You break shit. You're Look care. at you. You're <laughs> 220 pounds. You're going to break my things. It's just a natural occurrence. All right. Let's go. All right. Temptation at its finest. An electronic kit I can get in the trunk of the taxi for $600 out the door. Not even tax. No tax, man. Uh. All right, so we're going to go to the movies now. We're going to decide within that window. Well, it looks like if we bought it in California, where they have
2: like 10% tax.
0: Yeah, that would suck. Well, that's the beauty of living in Oregon is no sales tax. All right, I'm digging those drums, man. Screw Thailand! We're playing drums! No, but seriously, folks. It's a pretty big expense. Andy Baxter is here. Yo. What's up, Andy? What's up, brother? Oh, my God. (laughs) It's been a while. I met you before I was 50. Mm Mm-hmm. So I never equated that dvd packaging i did with those older people on the cover right, right. to being me yeah, yeah. at the time it was like oh look he's got a gym for people who are about to die no so, we,
3: we have since photoshopped your image onto oh the uh, yeah no it's us now man it's us
0: so that's kind of where i'm at is, <laughs> it's me And they're just a little older, but fuck, those people that are probably 80 on the cover of that DVD Mm -hmm. are in better shape than me.
3: There's some truth to that.
0: And so I'm now coming to this realization after bumping into you on the street serendipitously Mm -hmm. and you handing me this fucking life raft
3: (laughs) for me to read. Good one. Yeah. And
0: uh, it's called The Exercise Prescription, which is a genius title. Did you come up with the title? I did. All right. Well, it's completely, ridiculously, perfectly appropriate.
3: Thanks.
0: Uh, what is an MES?
3: Uh, medical exercise specialist. Well, what's a PRCS? Post-rehab conditioning specialist.
0: Uh, so essentially, you're a specialist. And that's yeah. what I'm totally intrigued about is I haven't really, even though I did this work for you like 10 years ago, really?
3: Mm-hmm. I think it was 13 years.
0: Ago. No kidding. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in 04 we did that. You look exactly the same. And I do think... Mm-hmm. There's something inherent in where we live. Mm-hmm. There's a reason you live here, too, you know. You're like this, you know, exercise guru dude. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of sort of guru town, sort of, in its way. Right. Energetically. Right. And I know I don't look much
3: different. Right, right. So You don't either. So my daughter, who's now 15, right, I'm talking to her. This literally, two days ago, we're driving along. And something about somebody else aging, came up in the conversation I said well you know that's so as we age that that's what happens and she goes no dad that doesn't happen to you you're gonna look the same and then you're gonna die <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and actually I was like right on she's right I'll take that no what? that's actually a high compliment <laughs> exactly it was good
0: what struck me about your book and I came up with this interesting metaphor, is taking medication is like hiring a hitman with a machine gun to kill someone in the mall. Like, you you want to kill that one guy, but you could fucking wipe out everybody else at the same time. I Mm. mean, the intention, of course, is to know that this medicine, these chemicals are designed to treat one area but because the system is a whole it's unavoidable that you're fucking with everything else
3: yeah there is a conspiratorial effect of medications that uh, contraindications of one medication to another and then and then the end result of treating one condition to another uh, many of them can cancel each other out
0: and so i think Mm -hmm. that might be part of some of the difficulties my parents have with their physical condition is Mm -hmm whatever they're taking could possibly be exacerbating another condition and or creating from nothing another condition. Right. And I'm wondering how much compounded shit is happening trying to fix other shit.
3: Yeah, it happens more than you would think in, in today's day and age of, there, you know, there's so much technology and so much knowledge and you would think that everybody's in the loop. But it's actually because of the technology and because of the complicated nature of medicine in our Western culture that everybody cannot be in the loop and it gets overlooked. And that's why medical inventories are so important. Right.
0: So I don't know really anything about you mm-hmm. personally, and most people probably don't. So I want to explore that a little bit. Where did you be born did and things?
3: I fell from the sky. You did? Well, I know you're an angel, my brother,
0: because (laughs) clearly you are doing angels' work. But even angels, before they get their wings, have to live with their parents. Well, I'll
3: give you the brief version. I was born and raised in Oakland, California, and uh, grew up in the Bay Area. I grew up in the gym industry, pretty much. I grew up around gyms, around gym rats. Was your dad a gym dude? My dad was an athlete. Uh, Both my parents were athletes. What kind of athletes Uh, were they? My my dad was a mountaineer, and... uh, Uh, actually had Olympic potential in both swimming and squash back in the day.
0: Squash? I don't even know. Is that like tennis? Uh,
3: It's like racquetball. Okay, okay. But his main claim to fame in athletics was as a a world-class mountaineer. Hmm. And then uh, my cousin ran the the North Berkeley YMCA and later owned his own gym until he retired, and and I came up in that environment. So fast forward to... the 90s, uh, I was running other people's gyms, and I had an opportunity to take over a failing gym and get it for nothing. And Where was and it? It was on uh, College Avenue in Oakland in the oh, Rockridge okay. District. Okay. So at the time, I was delving into the medical side of the paradigm, which was joint replacements, and uh, working with post-rehab at Herrick Hospital and out the Bates Hospital in Berkeley. So my clientele started to morph into that population, especially during the dot-com boom, when nobody could afford to live in that neighborhood. Right. So it was the people that were firmly entrenched in that neighborhood, they were my clients. Right. And so, by default, they were mostly over 50, because yeah, they were money. well-established, old yeah, money, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's really how I started my career in medical exercise, and that was in the 90s. And then, per the dot-com boom, and I'm an athlete as well, so, right. so that was going hand-in-hand. And then, so per the dot-com boom, we started consulting and uh, got a website for consulting, and that brought me to Ashland. So I got hired to do a consulting gig for Mountain Meadows to design their facility. Right and came up for that and two weeks later I was back in the bay and I got a call saying how'd you like to come up and run it for us and uh, I did so we sold our house we moved to Ashland
0: you got sucked in
3: yeah and that was in 2000 so I've been here 17 years now
0: yeah you've only been here a couple years longer than me
3: (laughs) yeah so well so this is interesting because as I said when I walked in the door I honestly did not know what we were going to talk about I didn't know that the book was going to be the focus I just gave you the book because I was on my way somewhere yeah I had the book with you I saw you it was a knee jerk reaction the fact that you put the book in my hand is Mm -hmm. you know i read the book yeah and by the way
0: it takes like less than three hours to read the whole book it is
3: a quick non-intimidating read
0: it's concise it's meaty it's it's super informative Mm -hmm. and it's inspirational to let in my perception because i'm just another fucking idiot Mm -hmm. it lets me know that oh my god like right now i can start doing something. Right. Which I'll want to talk to you about because I'm in your hood with your facility and I'm an over 50 dude now. Yeah. I kind of fit the whole... You qualify. That's
3: what I'm talking about. I yeah, qualify. No, I don't you, know what that means. You know that you get the password to get in the front door I'm now, stoked because right? honestly,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm going back to Thailand. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal is to go back to Thailand in December with my 13-year-old son. Nice. Which, by the way, he's about six foot now mm-hmm. and he's 13. Mm-hmm. So he... Clearly, he's not from my gene pool. Uh, he's a fucking big kid, and he's getting bigger every, like, eight minutes. Right, right. But he's also a big kid who has no conscience around nutrition. Yeah. Or he does do CrossFit over at Arite. Yep. But he has to be fucking dragged over there. Right. He's a big kid, and I want to help him manage his size. Right.
3: I gave him the boys in the boat. Mm-hmm. Did you read it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I actually I wrote a book called racing yesterday and I saw that yes and I actually did a book talk with uh, Dan Brown the author of
0: ah I would like your other book to read yeah it, sure
3: my whole thing is I just do what I do and if it attracts people to me then right on right but beyond that I, I don't push it no I know um, you don't
0: but you have branded yourself a certain way right based on my own experience with you from a creative professional standpoint yeah. And even in reading your book, you know, Mm -hmm. the the people that showed up for Christmas Mm -hmm. were all the old codgers who you didn't think would be willing to trek out on the ice and break their fucking hips and never come back. Yeah. But these were the people that actually were committed Mm -hmm. to coming in. They're loving the condition they're in based on what they've done for themselves. Yeah. And stuck to. Like you say, it's hard to come back, but it's easy to go and just continue. Right. Like your friend that was out of shape. Yeah had to yeah. get back in the boat so to speak. Yeah. And it's hard, but if you just go and you don't stop, mm-hmm. nothing's really hard except yeah, that's, the initial push. You say
3: it's a, it's a lot easier to stay in shape than it is to get back in shape.
0: Right. But most human beings have to get back into shape or we're never in shape to begin with, mm-hmm. right? So someone who's like my mother who's 78 years old, 79 years old, mm-hmm. she's in shitty shape. I don't know if she maybe was ever in good shape.
3: The beauty of that scenario is that the ability uh, no matter what your starting point to get in better shape that never ends right right so whether you're 88 or 18 you can still induce a response uh given the proper stimulus right right to right. build muscle to create functional strength which is so important for quality of life as we age right. that's that's the big one right so strength from a functional standpoint the ability to get through your day and perform the activities of daily living for the population we're talking about that's sort of the holy grail. Right. And then because with that comes your quality of life. If that's up, if your functional strength is up and you're able to do what you want to do, right, then your quality of life is Automatic. up. Automatic, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: Are you finding that this culture, Western culture, is, because I just came from Thailand for seven months, Yeah, these are not healthy people. Mm. They don't exercise, really. They don't eat vegetables, and I think they're all dying of cancer. They're all thin, mm-hmm. and they're happy, mm-hmm. and they're sweet, but they're not physically taking care of themselves because they're uneducated, right. primarily. Right. We're educated more, mm-hmm. but we're still not, like, inducing this into the very young as behavior patterns, because, as we you talk about, exercise is about maintaining behavior patterns, and then you don't have to, your brain doesn't have to tell your body what to do. This is an automatic, beautiful, new relationship every time you go in, and they yeah. agree that this is, this is part of their relationship, uh, that it comes automatically. But if we're not teaching the littlest of children how important this is Mm -hmm. to start these behavior patterns immediately, how can they ever do it or maybe it happens so much later?
3: Uh, In just about everything I talk about is, is so much what we do is not so much about telling the person what to do, it's ma- making them aware of what not to do, because right. there's so much crap out there that's contraindicated. Right. Uh, and then getting to your point, uh, to answer what you're talking about Thailand, and looking at the, the culture in Thailand versus our culture here, there, there's so many elements, but I think that our culture, the problem with us, is that we're so vanity-based, and everything's money-based and marketing-based, that the fitness and nutrition industries are Bohemus, the pharmaceutical industries are bohemus of business yeah. and money, so they prey on the ignorance and lemming like mentality of the lowest common denominator. So that there are those folks that are up at three in the morning watching infomercials that think that, you know, the ab cruncher 2000 is the answer to all their prayers. Right. And that's unfortunate. And so the socioeconomic stratification of our country, if we look at that, well, it's really easy to make correlations between economy, education and health. Right. Right. What kind of food are they eating? What are they buying into, so to speak? it's bad, it's ugly and and I travel a lot both as an athlete but as a speaker and as a consultant in this industry, and that what I find is that in many ways we're insulated in the Pacific Northwest, we're like our own country, right. We are so different than yeah. the rest of the u s on so many levels uh, that it's easy to forget how really bad off it is out there.
0: Yes, we are in a bubble, but now I told you about all this fitness and yoga stuff I'm seeing on Instagram. And then I think about what you just said and your book is yoga has even come into the financial game and this business model Mm -hmm. of people potentially entering the shit out of themselves and that people who are instructing them are not even knowledgeable enough in the workings of the body to even that they're hurting people. Inadvertently there's not intention there, but this is a business. You show up to my class this is like how we teach children. We're teaching children all the same way, the same bullshit. Yep. And we're all individuals and have specific needs and ways and all these things, which is what so, you do with human beings, right? So I was
3: just about to go, yeah, Mark, in fact, there's a chapter on that. And I realized you read the book. Yeah, like I'm an hour it, ago. So, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's there's a chapter. I, I'm hot. I'm
0: hot with the info, dude. It's fresh. I <laughs> right. don't get any fresher than this. I was like almost like I put it down and open the door and you want Right.
3: Awesome.
0: And again, the book is called the exercise prescription and I'm speaking with Andy Baxter and you've been in Ashland how long now 17 years 17 years yeah and you have a facility here and also about 10 miles away in Medford um yes.
3: we have yeah so I actually gosh I've got facilities all over the place we we, Do you we have any in Southern California yeah actually I'm working on a place in Laguna Beach right now just came back from there a couple weeks ago so that's why that specific
0: in, place I'm sorry
3: well, so what I do is I consult for other companies, and one of those companies oversees what are called long-term care facilities. Right. And that industry is booming. Um, so medical exercise as an in-house modality in long-term care facilities is a really big deal. So I, I partnered up with these guys. actually before the recession in 05 when there was still money when there was still money and we were going like gangbusters and then right around 07 everything tanked right and then uh, they reconfigured themselves and have just taken off and so now we're off and running and we're knocking out new facilities you know four to six a year and they started with about 120 facilities to begin with
0: so you're killing it.
3: Yeah, we're crushing. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's and we're doing really good work. So well, that's and, yeah. but that's good
0: because mm-hmm. that infiltration counters some of the other infiltration.
3: Absolutely. So that gives me the control I need in that I create the education, the certification, right. uh, the equipment layout, the hiring and firing, if necessary, of, right. the, of the staff. So the control is there, so that the quality and the integrity is there. Awesome. Yeah, and it yeah. maintains it across the board, yeah. which
0: is really cool. Can we call my mom? Sure. You know, I really think, how could she be helped through you in some way living in Southern California in the San Fernando
3: Valley, which is very far from Laguna Beach? Well, believe it or not, part of that education component that I mentioned, yeah. those videos that we shot way back when, yeah. they're the same videos. We still use Really? Those. Yeah, we just repackaged them. Well, but
0: that tells you how good they were.
3: They've stood the test of time. The people eat that up. They're hooked on it. All of our facilities use those videos to this day.
0: Let's call her on the phone. She agreed to do this. Hey, Mom, I'm I'm sitting here with Andy Baxter. I told you earlier that he wrote this book called The Exercise mm-hmm. Prescription that really pretty much blew my mind and specifically made me think of you I know that you go to the gym uh, i don't know how often and i also know that you're on a lot of different medications for a variety of reasons i thought it was pretty interesting that when i asked what medications are you on and you said none and how you equated that with pain management and not the management of the rest of your bodily functions so andy's right here and he's totally available and i just would love for you to to talk to him about uh, how you feel and and what you're doing for yourself physically these days. So this is Andy, Andy says hi. Hi. Hi Andy. Hello. And I wanna be cured, I wanna know.
3: Right on. It's a joke. No, we all, don't we all wanna be cured? It
1: goes with aging and I guess uh, uh, I'm not
3: unique or different. Meaning about the back is so bad. Uh Uh-huh. Meaning, you know, walk a couple of steps, stop walk a couple of steps stop. like an old person right so all, all of our systems are integrated right so we, we you know just based on that limited information and not knowing you and we can you know just skeletal support muscular support cardiopulmonary activity you know all these systems working together so walking a couple of steps and having to sit down because of back pain or shortness of breath or some other arthritic pain, general atrophy, uh, what's called sarcopenia, the loss of muscle mass as we age, which is, we can counteract that. I was, I was mentioning to Mark earlier that um, you know, an 18-year-old muscle will respond to a stimulus the same way as an 80-year-old muscle will, provided we do it uh-huh. safely. Um, there's no reason uh-huh. why we can't uh, promote change from a muscular standpoint. Uh, And in so doing, take a lot of load off of that spine. So
0: I told you, I just finished this book, and it's really based on reasonability. Uh, Even the whole concept of watching these people work out so hard that they actually have to have their mouth open to breathe Mm -hmm. to maintain the level of exertion that they're doing is very unhealthy. And that exercise should be relatively easy and fun. And as he says, you should be able to sing your favorite song at the same time while you participate in this conditioning. I'm just curious as to what is your routine, your exercise routine that you're currently doing, and, and is it helping you in any way?
1: Mentally, sort of. Five days a week I go into the gym, and the first thing I do usually is get on the bike, the stationary bike, and just pedal around. You know, I don't mean go anywhere, just pedal. Mm-hmm. I do that for 30 minutes. Now I started going on the other bike, where your arms move, and you don't
2: have to cuddle your feet. You keep it on two straight bars-like, and I heard that was good for your circulatory something. Mm -hmm. So I thought I might as well get that going. But I
1: do not go on the treadmill because of my knees and other things from when I fell. Mm -hmm. I do not. And I do weights five and ten pound weights, but I can only do them from down up because I had surgery on my shoulder a couple of years ago and the doctor said he thought it was amazing that it worked. He said, don't lift your right arm above your head so I can follow directions. And then I do the exercises on the floor on a mat where you lift your buttocks up Mm -hmm. with your back flat for the for the discs for the spinal stenosis Mm -hmm. and do that so many times and then I do the clam and then I grab my foot while I'm on my side and pull it So, and the the reason is so I can do the stairs I was at a card game yesterday and I, I have a girlfriend I went to high school with and she can barely get off a chair, she needs help Yep. And I want to say to her, oh, it's an exercise where you sit on a bench, you don't use your hands and you make yourself get up 10 times.
3: It's in his book. He yeah. literally says in the book, do this now. And so, Mickey, you just made a really good point about your friend, and that's a wonderful example of functional strength. So functional strength is that ability to get out of the chair, and that's a big mechanical feat, right? So if you're doing movements in the gym like leg extensions, you could do that all day and still not be able to get out of a chair. So it has very little application in the real world, and as we were discussing earlier, that's not going to benefit your quality of life. So your ability to maintain your activities of daily living that's what ultimately uh, affects your quality of life. And that's why we're training for life. And that's why we're all athletes. So, yeah, good on you.
0: <laughs> so what, what do you think about the regimen? The-
3: oh, yeah. So the regiment, you know, and again, limited information. And so I, I wouldn't want to presume anything, but I can speak to this. And that is that a lot of the movements that you mentioned are what we would call primary rotary movements that in a therapeutic environment would constitute maintenance, The problem with maintenance is that we're fighting a losing battle of age. Uh, And so if we're maintaining while we're aging, we're losing muscle mass, we're losing function, we're not actually maintaining. We're in a negative balance. So we need to be somewhat aggressive with the strength training beyond just maintenance. And so per that chapter about squatting, getting up and out of a chair for sets, Big compound movements where we're recruiting a lot of muscle mass, displacing that muscle mass over multiple joints. That has a lot better effect than the hip bridges and the clams that you mentioned. And
1: I just to get me up
3: the stairs. yeah, I hear you. And, that, and here's the beauty of it: the beauty of it is that we, as athletes, regardless of age, regardless of function have the ability to improve. And I think that that's the shortcoming of the dogma that's out there in the aging population is that we think that we're not able to do that anymore. Uh, And in fact, we are. There's no age limit on improving, on being a power lifter, so to speak. It's all about good mechanics. And if we have good mechanics and good patterning, then you and I are really no different in how we would approach. In fact, I have a chapter on that where I discuss... How I train an elite athlete is no different than how I train a a senior with a hip replacement. It's all about good mechanics, getting proper patterning, and then from that pattern instilling strength, and then from that strength instilling power.
1: I appreciate everything you're saying. Any chance, I mean, or tell me
0: how to purchase your book? Because I would love to... No, of course, Mom. I'll get it to you. It's it's done.
3: I was gonna say let's do lunch, but yeah, the book thing's easy.
0: Yeah, we'll get you the book. <laughs> well, if you want to go to Southern California, or Mom, you you're kind of due for a trip to Ashland. I'm there sure when when you do come back, we'll, we will definitely introduce you guys. Now, I asked Andy about a facility because. What I'm seeing that you're not getting, and probably is the, the biggest downfall, and I, I appreciate your effort that you are, you are doing something for your body, but it doesn't sound like you're getting a lot of instruction and support. Right. So, and that, to me, is the difference between potentially hurting your body and not doing what you should be doing. And potentially, like, not really doing anything. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that go to the gym and think they're doing things and might be doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. How do we all have the Andy Baxter experience, though? I mean, what what do you have to do to... You have a DVD package. Yeah. Okay. And we talked about the fact that that, too, is great. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have anybody
3: watching over you to make sure that your form is, correct. Is, yeah. So all our programs, while they use the DVDs in addition to our other programming, typically that's going to be overseen by a therapist because they're going to be on staff at that facility. And you see a physical therapist, is that not correct, Mom? I was. And then
1: she had printed out all the stuff and that's what I've been doing. Like I said, the only thing I haven't done that I've been negligent is using that big bulb to sit down and do
3: Yeah, so that is so common. I see that day in and day out. It is uh, very common for someone to go into therapy Get released from therapy. The therapist gives them a list of exercises, quote-unquote exercises to do. Those are the joint stability, range of motion, maintenance movements that I mentioned but before. But maintenance
0: is for once you're at
3: a level of, of
0: conditioning that you want to maintain versus
3: maintaining shit. Well, also that once you achieve that level, you're supposed to move on, right? not stay there. right? And right. so what we'll get is we'll get people post-op, uh, say after a knee replacement or a hip replacement, a year afterwards still doing those same movements, and they haven't progressed anywhere. They're because still they're doing anymore. Exactly, exactly. And that's, just see that all the time. So there needs to be a progression. Exactly, it is stagnant. Uh, and as I said, because we're aging, it's not truly stagnant. The, the net sum is actually a negative. So, right,
0: because your body is deteriorating, essentially. Correct. And you're not doing more to right. stop that from happening. Correct. Wow. So, Mom, I, I, what I'll do is I'll get you the DVDs and, and the book, it. and it'll be a starting place. But what this tells me is First of all, there is no such thing as real health care because we don't fucking care about each other. Mm -hmm. There is not health maintenance. The health maintenance organization, they're just acronyms of bullshit. Mm -hmm. There should be facilities for people to freely just go in and be helped to maintain their level of functionality as just a freebie. I mean, this is what we should be doing for each other is helping us, at least if you know from the beginning, like we talk about educating children... Then it becomes not only maintenance, but elevating your game, mm-hmm. making these super athletes. We could all be, obviously, super athletes. We all have the same bodies. We all have the same functionality for the most part. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we could all be doing some pretty crazy, amazing physical shit yeah. if we were shown how to... Oh, didn't I tell you that I now look like uh, Wonder Woman? No, you didn't, Mom. And if you do, that's really weird based on your age... <laughs> and your physical condition that I'm aware of. Can you just tell us briefly what medications you are taking for what conditions you have? Let's start, you have high blood pressure, right? Blood pressure, right. Okay. I take uh, Zidia. Four. No, I
1: don't. No, no, that's, I'm allergic to that. I take that for
0: Memory loss? I take lorazepin. No, that's only on a rare occasion. Well, you don't even have to tell us the specific medication. Just tell us for what conditions you are taking pharmaceuticals. I'm taking, I'm taking cholesterol
1: medication.
0: Yeah. And I'm taking omega
1: fish oil. And I'm taking
3: calcium. And I'm taking alondrinate, like a Fosamax. What is, what is that? To bone density thing. For bones. Okay. And ten and all. Tenolol, yeah. And Provacol. What's that one do? I think that's the one
1: for the cholesterol.
3: But you're not sure.
1: I can tell you what it's
3: for. I'm just it's curious.
0: Heart p-
1: attacks. I- for heart attack.
0: You haven't had a heart attack. That's
1: provastine.
0: Provastine is to prevent heart attacks?
1: I guess one is like maybe another name for it. Provocol or provastine is to reduce heart attack uh is also
0: for heart. You've never had a heart attack.
1: I'm sorry, darling? You,
0: you've never had a heart attack. Why would you but be... Your,
1: your grandfather died at the age of 55 from a heart attack.
0: Yeah. You're taking something for cholesterol and high blood pressure are the two main... Not. I'm not talking about fish oil or any natural right. type of supplements. Right. The medication, yeah. prescription drugs that you're taking are for those specific... Those two things. Actually, three things. Right. The preventative... Uh, heart maintenance or heart disease thing the the cholesterol and the uh, high blood pressure and baby aspirin right so what do you think of her little cocktail that she's taking daily
3: well so atenolol, if i remember correctly that's a beta blocker so that that's a heart limiting drug
0: heart limiting is that good to limit your heart
3: yeah, it is. If you're at risk, if you're at risk of heart attack, then you don't want to get your heart rate up too high. But, but
0: um, is that a preventative measure? Is is that a good preventative measure versus like actually being...
3: No, absolutely not. That's that's why, I mean, I, so here again, I'm not prescribing anything no, no, here. I know. But, but but typically, let me give you a scenario. If somebody comes to us and they're a post-cardiac patient, they've had heart surgery, and they are going to begin a medically-based, medically-called pro- exercise program, we are going to start them off... Uh, as I think I mentioned in the book, we, what we used to do was every patient got a heart rate monitor because there was this preconceived notion um, that you would perform at a given heart rate based on a, a, a chart that told you this. And this which is, is all complete bullshit. Right. So then we developed uh, the RPE, the rate of perceived exertion scale, which is much simpler, more intuitive, and actually more accurate. And so that was awesome. But here's the problem. The monkey wrench in that were beta blockers, things like atenolol, um, because the pharmacological intervention was messing with the intuitive evaluation of the intensity we wanted to be at.
0: Well, that, that was the woman who'd been with you for a long time, and she came in and she goes, I'm still fucked up. And then you realize that all the medication she was taking was counterintuitive to all the physical goodness that you guys were doing together.
3: Right, and that was one of them. And so with beta blockers, what we found was that because of sort of the cookie-cutter approach to... Okay, your X age, your X body weight, these are the outliers. We're gonna give this dosage. Well, it's a very, very generic dosage. So the idea is not to run with that dosage and not criticize it or not want to double check it as you go forward. The idea is to actually put it into practical application and say, okay, well, how does that dosage really work for you on a day-to-day basis? And so what we were able to do in this postcardiac program was actually to put people on submaximal stress tests and then monitor heart rate relative to perceived exertion. And when those two factors ran afoul of one another, we realized there was a dosage issue. So based on that information, we were able to go back to the cardiologist and say, "Look at these numbers. See how this doesn't add up." We recommend. Would you agree that we need to change this dosage? Right. Nine times out of ten, they'd say, "Yeah, let's well, change so it." Well, so why would not that be a preliminary procedure to determine? No idea. It's probably too, too labor-intensive, you know? It's probably so not we're not covered, worth it, is what you're probably saying. Probably not covered by uh, an HMO, ah, right? Ah, that's so what it's uh, going to come down to. So, yeah, I mean, and these are blanket statements. Obviously, Mickey, I'm not saying that what you're doing is bad. I have no idea. It would take a lot more information and some more hands-on stuff to do sort of in the field. But it's not uncommon to get... Meds that are fairly generic in their application, and then find that there could be better ways to use them or that there are contraindications uh, among other meds that you might be taking.
0: Right. And he talks about in the book that you are on three pharmaceutical medications that are supposed to be targeting specific things, and how do they react with each other, and what are they doing together to your body that maybe you don't even know about, uh, creating other problems or inhibiting you from other healing i mean it's kind of scattershot this whole pharmaceutical thing i mean granted that they may discover that it works really great in this thing but because the systems are shared prescription medication is like sending a hitman into the mall with a machine gun to kill one person and it's it, it, there's collateral damage that could happen right. and it's which is why when you hear these ridiculous commercials for these drugs that all the side effects oh, are oh, just awesome. fucking cartoon-like. It's so hilarious. But yeah. it's real, and they're actually, the, the saddest part of that is they are disclosing this is what fucking knuckleheads we are. They are telling you, you know, you might want to kill yourself. But right.
3: But remember that that specifically was the depression commercial, right? That that if you take this pill for depression, you might want well, to kill yourself. Well, that's the oxymoron, yeah. of course. It's hilarious. But
0: with even the other types of pills for controlling mm-hmm. other conditions, yeah. There are similar side effects yeah. of internal bleeding and you might shit yourself no, and fall on your face. It's, and a,
3: it's a giant racket.
0: It's a giant racket. So I'm more yeah. concerned, mom, with what you take for what you take and how that works with other things in lieu of not having like a really good physical uh, exercise regimen that could potentially address some of your conditions, thus eliminating the need for you to even take some of that stuff. Right. What'd you say? Exactly.
3: It was so nice meeting you. Nice to meet you, Mickey. And then we'll get that information to you. We'll get you a book and some videos, and uh, and that way if you have questions after that, we can talk again.
1: I really appreciate your time, and, and that was so much good information.
3: Sure, you're welcome. I'm thinking going around and around, and I
0: might not be doing anything but going in circles for a while. Yeah. i not stopping. This is the suffering of a lack of reasonable education. Correct. Everybody really... This should be our guarantee when we are invited to this party is that you should know what you need to know to live the best life that you can while you're here, because as far as I know, this is all I have proof of. There is nothing else. So if we don't do this well, it's not like going, oh, don't worry about it. There's another door over there, and nobody fucking knows anything. As Andy says, we're all athletes, and there is no age limitation to this athleticism other than what you know. Or what you think you know or what other people Uh tell you which is mostly wrong i think is what it's coming down to we mostly have either bad information or none and both those things are massively creating ignorance in us and the suffering that is what i call avoidable suffering and so guys like annie i mean we can it would be great to duplicate him and put him all over the world everywhere because clearly okay so i'll take care of that right, right after done. the show he'll get in my little machine here yeah. and then i will clone andy uh tell dad i said hello and andy says hello I will thank you so much you're
3: welcome bye-bye take care bye-bye bye mom love you bye love you bye so do you remember the uh saturday night live skit with david spade called happy fun ball do you remember that oh sure one? of yeah. course I love that one, and that's that's just a metaphor for the for the medical industry. But it was just so great. The disclaimer, yeah, and it ends with "Do not taunt Happy Fun Ball." Right.
0: <laughs> what we talk about these commercials for these pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. and I was waiting for SNL to do a fucking spoof. Finally, Alec Baldwin showed up mm-hmm. and did the thing. Okay, where they're running down the list, uh. and actually, I think they scale mute his voice back, and they bring up the voice. Of all the disclaimers of all the horrible things that can happen to you. Uh And what I've come to realize is as much as I love comedy and think I am entrenched in it in some way, Mm. it's not helping us. Mm. It may be pointing things out, Mm -hmm. but it is not inspiring us to take action. We get to laugh at it and then we leave and then we don't address it. Right. This is fucking serious business. This Mm -hmm. is life. Life is serious business. I mean, it should be fun. Mm -hmm. But if you're not healthy, there's nothing funny about not being healthy. Mm -hmm. There's nothing funny about suffering because you don't know that you don't have to.
3: Yeah. Our situation is funny because if we didn't laugh, we'd cry. I mean, it's that pathetic
0: but shouldn't we be crying more and maybe laughing We should less? be
3: outraged absolutely yeah. and um, you know and actually I might as well plug escape fire cuz i do in the book uh, right. it's timeless but there there's a movie called uh, escape fire and, I, and the website is called uh, escapefirethemovie.com okay but it's an excellent documentary on this this terrible broken system and how it's perpetuated by a pharmaceutical industry that's completely money driven right but yeah no we should all be very upset and outraged and and but we don't even action. know to be
0: because we trust. This is the thing about trust. Yeah. we are trusting the medical community like right. you would trust Absolute. a parent like Absolutely. even though you're beating the shit out of me you love me it's right. the kind of same relationship yeah. that we have going on as we put these trust in people yeah. and they fuck us mm-hmm. and they maybe don't even they're not even conscious or aware enough mm-hmm. to know how much they're fucking themselves mm-hmm. in fucking us
3: mm-hmm. because yeah. we're
0: so fragmented now yeah. through all this lack of real connection versus this fake technological connection that is not real mm-hmm. and and these are the things we need to be doing for each other is protecting each other against what we know can hurt us. We don't even have any natural predators except <laughs> us right. and maybe mosquitoes. Right. That's it. Big pharma. Yeah, that's, that's us. We're That's us. Yeah. So I guess how far down do we have to get? How far the drug addict has to hit? And I bring this up, has to hit rock bottom before they reach up looking for Jesus, what do we have to do so we can reach up to each other and kind of get saved by ourselves?
3: Well, let me answer that at least from my own limited perspective, and that is that, is that in my mind's eye and what I really preach, what my pulpit, if you will, is that knowledge is power, right? I'll get a little deeper. There's a a New Guinea proverb that says, knowledge is only a rumor until it's in the muscle. We learn things through doing things and we ingrain that in our neuromuscular patterning. So the mind-muscle connection we now know is huge. Neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, it is a real deal. I mean, we can change that. We can affect that change. So. How do we empower ourselves? Well, we empower ourselves through our bodies and through our brains. So where do we start? We, We start one individual at a time. We start through education because that education is empowerment, and that empowerment is both physical and cerebral. Right.
0: But it would seem to be, if we want evolution to be at our pace, not at the pace Mm -hmm. that is taking advantage of us because we're not taking advantage of what we could.
3: Yeah, we need to question all of that. We need
0: to leverage natural law, for Mm -hmm. fuck's sakes. There's certain things that we know are avoidable. There's Mm -hmm. certain things we know are unavoidable. Gravity's unavoidable, right? Okay, so how do we leverage the unavoidable to make it a positive? Mm -hmm. The sun's been over our heads since the beginning of time, yet we're still fighting over power and digging in the ground. We've got oceans of water, and we have water shortages. I mean, we're just fucking idiots. We are knuckleheads. The system was designed flawlessly. Mm -hmm. Really. Mm -hmm. If you take advantage of it in a way that it was designed in order for you to do so, Mm -hmm.
3: it's pretty fucking utopic. So I get that all the time. When people have success through our systems and our methodologies and our philosophies, they are perplexed with how frickin' approachable and easy it is. Right. It's like, shouldn't this be harder? Shouldn't it be more complicated? I don't get it. Why is this work? It doesn't have to be rocket science. It doesn't have to be terribly difficult and arduous and traumatic. And no. No, it's not even the ripping off of the
0: Band-Aid. It's really... If you could change your mind for a couple of minutes, and really it's just going to take like you, I call you a convincer. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus was a convincer, Martin Luther King. These are all convincers. Mm-hmm. They were still humans and fucked up in their own way and mm-hmm. had their own, you know, their problems with relationships and they were still well, humans, right. but they knew the truth about some things and mm-hmm. they were sent here to deliver that message mm-hmm. and help you, even though you're a stupid fucking knucklehead human, mm-hmm. you can still do these things and make your quality of life better. Yeah. Which makes your brother's and sister's quality of life better automatically. Because if you're better and someone sees you're better, mm. they're going to want to know why. Yeah, sure. And they're going to be willing to do whatever it is that you did to get to where you are. Yeah. Especially when you tell them, yeah, it's not that hard.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I go to this fucking gym, you know, five days a week, and uh, I'm with 80-year-old people, and I love these, and this is my new community, and we exercise together, and, mm-hmm. and they've been around a lot fucking longer, and they know things, and mm-hmm. I'm projecting, hopefully, an experience for myself right now. Right, right, because you. Because you're right down the goddamn street from me, yeah. literally. I can yeah. walk to the gym, oh, and, yeah. and after, at some point, I need to talk to you about, what do I have to do to put you in my gym today, essentially? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking for that discussion sure. for me to now be the over 50 dude who needs the things mm-hmm. that we're talking about yeah who not just needs i want them yeah we all need them but yeah. if you don't think that you need them and or you don't think you're worthy and or you don't want them then you won't have them
3: No. It's your choice. Here's an interesting thing. Speaking of that, at one point, we accepted a dozen different insurance programs. Virtually 11 of those 12 programs have failed. But at the time, some of these insurance programs were advertising that they would pay 100% of your gym fees if they were on their program. Yeah. And we proved through these programs that even if you paid people... To come to the gym. If they don't want to do it. They're not going to do no. it. Okay. Money is not the issue. Right. It really isn't. And so that's why I hate marketing. I hate everything it stands for. I hate big box gyms. I hate high volume, high turnover marketing schemes. That most of these places are. Right. We haven't advertised in a decade. We don't need to. We're word of mouth. Because Clearly. we have a good product. And, and our people love us. But the thing is. Is that that proved conclusively. That it's not a money driven thing. Right. It has to be an intrinsically driven quality of life issue right it's not vanity it's not seasonal it's quality of life what about affordability I think that's relative I mean I know what our rates are we're 49 bucks a month
0: that's it yeah I'm in
3: well there you go really
0: is that it yeah. I'm not kidding no no we For don't 50 do... bucks a month I can not look like this uh, soon
3: yeah there you go <laughs> so that's it that's all we got all uh, right. we don't do contracts we don't do any of that no really yeah
0: uh, well you know what everything to me is about timing uh, I'm ready like I said, I sit in the car 12 hours a day.
3: Mm. Well,
0: that's not true. I mean, I do get in the car,
3: but mm-hmm. I'm just
0: saying, I have a, a sedentary vocation mm-hmm. of driving the taxi. Yeah. And I was a big walker. And I read your thing about walking, mm-hmm. and I'm fascinated because I've been preaching, if you just fucking walk everywhere, you're going to be in good shape. But that really doesn't address the whole body.
3: No, it doesn't. Uh, there was a big push in the medical industry not too long ago, I'd say within the last 10 years, where doctors wanted to introduce walking as the primary unit of exercise. Why? Because it didn't require a piece of equipment. It didn't cost you anything. And seemingly anybody can do it. That's where things went wrong because not everybody can walk to their benefit right so if you're carrying a lot of extra weight that's non-skeletal support weight right. uh, non-muscular weight and you have arthritic conditions as a byproduct of right. that extra weight then walking's about the worst thing you could be ah, doing for yourself. interesting because from an orthopedic standpoint we talk about the five factor and the five factor is when my heel hits the ground that concussive effect of that heel strike whatever weight i'm carrying that's not muscular multiply it by five, and that's what the joint is leaving.
0: Ah. So
3: it's not that I'm saying that walking's bad in and of itself. I'm saying that you have to have the muscular support for the walking. Right. Without it, it can be bad. Oh, OK. And now, if we're aging and we're losing about four-tenths of a pound of muscle mass a year as we age, then that five factor is getting worse by default. Right. Right? So, so walking is even more hazardous. Correct. And that's why people fall. Correct. Ah, oh, the so falling true. factor. Yes. Okay. So the falling factor Which also, is my in the book, also in the book. Also in the book. So she fell. The, the pain, fear, avoidance model and, and the self-fulfilling prophecy of that cycle has its roots in confidence. And where does that loss of confidence come from? It, com- it comes from loss of strength. Where does right. the loss of strength come from? It comes from atrophy. So if this is a reversible cycle, but it is a cycle, and it's very easy to see.
0: And this is what my mom was talking about is, I asked her, is the exercise making you feel better? And she said, in my head. Mm-hmm. So her body, is she's not even feeling different in her body from what she's doing. Mm-hmm. It's just the notion that she's doing anything at all for herself mm-hmm. that is psychically helping her.
3: Right.
0: But it's not really physically helping her. So there's a disconnect between the brain and the muscle there,
3: mm-hmm. clearly.
0: The brain is happy that she's doing something, but the muscle's not happy because... The brain's just kind of lying a little bit.
3: Well, you know, blood flow is great. Um, Wouldn't want to knock that. Movement is great. But my focus is a little bit more focused. (laughs) Right. It's a little more myopic, which is we're dealing with a specific population with with pretty specific issues that are age-related. Right. How can we combat those issues? Now, certainly, blood flow or what we call brain blood flow for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's things like, or Alzheimer's and dementia, things like that. Definitely good stuff. Sure. But from an orthopedic, proprioceptic, kinesthetic standpoint, which is movement in space and time and how we function on a neuromuscular level, we need to be more specific than that. We need to train smarter than that. We need to train our aging people as athletes for the right. real world.
0: And again, we got to start training babies. Right. And then we don't have to train old people. There you because go. they already know. You're yeah. talking about establishing behavior patterns. Mm-hmm. They must be from the very beginning. And that's evolution because once we all know that Mm. intrinsically yeah well then we're gonna be superhumans it seems like once we just follow a pattern and you know we follow patterns one way or another we're all given these imprints of patterns whether Mm. you know it's buying shit or watching your phone or whatever it is these are just new patterns to establish and it's what gives me hope no faith i have no faith in humanity Mm. but i have tons of hope because i'm a fucking knucklehead and i know that it
3: can be way better Mm -hmm. i saw uh a uh, two side-by-side photographs the other day. I'm sure you've seen this or something like it before. But it, on one photograph, it was a half a dozen kids from 30 years ago. And they were playing in a field, interactive, doing cool stuff. And in the other picture, it was kids present day, all six of them with phones in their hands, just staring doors. at a screen. I know. And so you talk about that education from the beginning and what you're learning and taking forward. Well, these kids have, their reality is not the reality we grew up with. No. It's not an active reality. No. My, so, no, my kids are addicted. I literally, I threw my son's iPhone out the taxi
0: fucking window on the freeway with him while driving. Yeah. And and you know what? I bought him a little fucking Star Trek flip phone, mm-hmm. old school. Yeah. He doesn't use any of it anymore.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of cured him a little. I mean, he's mm-hmm. still gaming his ass off. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't give a shit about the phone now.
3: Yeah.
0: It had to be, the pattern had to be broken. Mm-hmm. Dramatically. I mean, not like, you know, when you do exercise, you know, you don't do that... You know, it's equal force kind of for equal right. force. it needs to
3: be a traumatic break. Exactly. You know? And yeah. even
0: with the exercise where my mom clearly is doing passive things that are mm. not really improving the quality of her physical condition, only barely maintaining Correct. already a, a current declining level yeah, of her condition. you're trying to
3: hold off the decline. Which you can't not because enough. it's not, not an
0: option. Yeah. All right, I appreciate that you came over here to talk because I think... This is another one of these critically important discussions that are not happening at Mm. all, Mm -hmm. except in these specific groups where there's a danger zone. You start getting up to a place where, oh my God, I got to do something now because I'm going to fucking die in 10 years and I don't want to be laying in a bed that whole 10 years. Yeah, We need to empower people way early on to start establishing these patterns of normalcy Mm -hmm. whereby we'll never have to address this shit again. You're talking about the healthcare system kind of going away, completely hospitals disappearing, health maintenance facilities where you get a scan and you have minor things to deal with, but you're basically, everybody's in good shape mm-hmm. because you don't know not to be in good shape.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And it seems like a long fucking way away, but, you know, it's never too late to start is what I see.
3: Definitely. And there are facilities like that in the works, if not already up. Um, you know, 10 years ago, we had a guy come out and we had a dinner at a local physician's house and there were about 20 of us. And he was pitching the same thing. And it was basically what it was, was... Ditch insurance altogether. Sure. Go to a cash-based operation, put everything under one roof. Yeah. Me included. So it was yeah. a PT, orthopedic, uh, post-rehab. That's health all care. Those, yeah. Period. All under one roof. You pay an annual fee. And everybody was like, that's awesome. We're all going to do it. And nobody did it because everybody was too scared to jump ship. But okay. that was 10 years ago. So now fast forward to present day and it is happening. Mm-hmm. I can give you a perfect example right now is um, Laura Robin and uh in Medford. They have mm-hmm. Rosa Health. Mm-hmm. Excellent program. They're doing really well. It's um,
0: going to be the thing because yeah. reasonability will win out overall. Mm-hmm. This is unreasonable. This is mm-hmm. not a reasonable way to deal with us. Mm-hmm. And part of this education thing is helping us learn how to self-govern and and be the athlete, be the artist, be the doctor, be your own physician, your own mm-hmm. advocate. I'll be, take back your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Through the knowledge, knowing that you can do these things for yourself, you don't have to keep running to the doctor. You know, I sneeze, and my girlfriend in Thailand says, are you going to the doctor? Like, no, no, yeah. I'm not. Because what they do there is they are throwing drugs down. They are just, you know, you got a cold, you bring a baby in, they're giving you fucking medication there. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Their pharmacies, if I go in for anything, mm-hmm. like anything, these unequipped people will fucking give you shit over the counter mm-hmm. with a vague idea of what is wrong with you yeah that's super dangerous
3: so this is an interesting story i'm currently on the u.s rafting team and so we compete all over the world and uh, last year we were in dubai but the year before that at the world championships and it was some third world place and i can, now can't remember but the story is the new zealand team the men's team they won Won the world championships, but one of the guys on the team was sick and he had a medication. He ran out of that medication. He went to a pharmacy, got an over-the-counter med, didn't know what he was taking, mm. thought he did, but didn't know what mm-hmm. he was taking, and, they, and then he got blood tested after they won gold. And the entire team got disqualified because there was some oh, ingredient in that, that cold medication oh, which he didn't man. know what it was. Oh. That's a pretty random story, but a true one. So. No, but
0: see, that's the thing. There's <laughs> yeah. nothing random about it. That mm-hmm. is synchronicity. That is mm-hmm. the universe going, look, mm-hmm. pay fucking attention. Right. Really, this is all we really need to do. <laughs> yeah. Pay yeah. fucking attention. Yeah. There's a, there was a really cute girl that worked a mix and she had uh, Hebrew writing on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I asked her when I said, what does that say? She says, It says, pay attention. Mm. And to me, it is where we are suffering the most is we're not paying attention and we're allowing, again, other people to Mm. think for us. Mm -hmm. And that whole critical thinking model is out the fucking window because we do not teach our children how to think. So we're not telling them to think about their body. Pay attention to what's happening with you. Mm. Be really conscious and aware. Even to sit down for fucking five minutes with your body and do nothing. Mm -hmm. Can you... My my son cannot do it. Mm. Son, I want you to just sit there. I can't. can't, I'm bored. You're not bored. You haven't started not doing anything yet. You're still thinking and talking. I want you to just kind of shut the fuck up. Just be. And just, yes, can you just exist with yourself and see what that feels like? Our children don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. Now, the beautiful thing is meditation is starting to come to schools. Mm -hmm. And yoga, there are things happening. So I see evolution afoot, if you will. We look at the medieval times now and go, those people were fucking nuts. (laughs) Well, hopefully in the future we won't look back ever again and see how fucking nuts we are. Because I think it keeps us nuts to look back. Mm -hmm. We need to do what you're doing, which is move forward. Just forget about Forget it. Right. Here's a clean slate. I'm giving you a, an exercise regimen based on your current condition, mm-hmm. not what you fucking had surgery for eight years ago. Right. Whatever your body's doing right now, this is what we think is in the best interest of you currently mm-hmm. and going forward for you to build your strength and your your just ability to have a, a good functionality.
3: Yeah.
0: Anyway, all right. I, I love you, man. Me and too. it's fucking great to see you. It is. <laughs> and
3: when's the best time to come in and me to get started
0: in the program? Seriously.
3: Oh gosh! Uh, whenever you're ready, that's that's the best time. Okay. Whenever you're ready. That's that's it. And
0: what are the hours at your your facility here?
3: Oh, I'm available eight thirty to two by appointment, and then uh, but the gym is accessible by card key once you're a member, whenever you like.
0: And is there. Can anybody join? It's 50 and over pretty much. But, it is. But okay. I train
3: any athletes, any age, as long as, you know, if it's one-on-one, I'll train anybody.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know because yeah. that's, a, that's a side thing. That's, and that's a side different. thing. That's something different.
3: Exactly. So general membership is pretty much 50 and over, but for private training, I train everybody, anybody all over the world. Uh-huh. Most people I know are my age. Right. So this show is for them. Wow. Uh-huh.
0: If you feel like shit and you know that you shouldn't mm-hmm. and you don't know what to do, Start with this physical thing of mm. getting yourself in shape because that could yeah. just eliminate all your difficulties.
3: Yeah, and you know what I always like to say, and again, so I, I'm just really uncomfortable with pitching anything, so I, I would end this with you know, everybody's got to find what works for them, you know, and, and that's what, whatever works for you is what works because if you're going to do it, if you look forward to it. If you can make it a part of your habit, mm-hmm. part of your life, and it gives you a reward and it rejuvenates you uh, and invigorates you, then that's the thing that works. You don't want to do that whole square peg round whole right, thing. You know, right. it just doesn't work. Do what you love. Yep. Love what you do. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Right on, man. See you, brother.
0: Well, that's the show. Another one done, son. Number 10, numero diez. It It's great to have Andy here, and super stoked that he was able to talk a little bit to my mom. And it was good to fill you in on Boo and all that juicy goodness between she and I that's back flowing like the everlasting love I think we share. As far as Sam and I and those drums, I did not make the purchase. It would have been unreasonable Based on my current financial situation, to invest in something so mindlessly. Sam was cool with that. I'm cool with that. It was fun to just go in there and bang them out. Now we know kind of what we want. I think we could do better on Craigslist. Finding a higher quality kit for the same kind of dough. Just find somebody who's needing some cash, wanting to get rid of some stuff. So I see that in my future. I also see going back to Thailand in my future, hopefully in December with Sam to go hang out with Boo and have a really kick-ass experience an unimaginable thing for Sam to be a witness to and be a part of this whole nother cultural experience. It's all good. I'm so glad I get to share this shit with you because it's good. It's good shit, man. It's all good. Even the what doesn't seem good is good. It's all subjective. It's all your perspective. It's all your worldview. It's what you think. It's not what is. The world is what you think. You can change what you think. If you change what you think, you change the world. That's what we need to do. Sam knows about this. We should all know. Sam's just a 13-year-old kid, man. We all need to step up to the 13-year-old kid zone and get it on. Let's get it together. I love you. I miss you when I don't see you which I never do. Word to your mother's uncle. To find out more about Andy Baxter and Baxter Fitness Solutions for 50 and beyond, please visit him online at bfitsolutions.com. That's b f i t s o l u t i o n s.com. You can also purchase his book the Exercise Prescription in paperback on Amazon for only 11.95. 11.95 you can't beat it. It could save your life. It could save the lives of all your family members. Do it. Do it now.
1: I am citizen 44.